It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on the Twitter box. So, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as I'm fumbling around here, Daryl, because um, yeah. I'm, trying to ch- I'm trying to change some settings here. Um, so I was very distracted. How are you? It's very rude to, pl- it's very rude to play with your settings uh, <laughs> during a podcast. Yeah, or anything else. Um, uh, do you know what? Um, I think... Uh, is this, I'm going to use it, is this the new normal? So, you know, I'm actually not that devastated anymore. <laughs> it's become normal now to come on and go, mm-hmm. yeah, we lost. Yeah. Just re-listen to last week's podcast and the one before that and the one before, before that. that. Yeah. And? Do you like it? Yeah. yeah. No. No, I really <laughs> no. don't like it. Like, Do you know what? The... Can we talk about something else? Can we yeah. just, maybe, maybe today, let's talk about, I don't know, Greek philosophers or... Go Bills! Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Just get behind the difference. Imagine just switching teams entirely. Like yeah. just well, we had a great win, as in we the Bills. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bandwagon podcast. <laughs> yeah. bandwagon DDF. Who's winning today? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, you know what I've done? I used to have a good, bad, and ugly list when I, you know, I'd write down. I'd go good, bad, and ugly. Mm. Now I've gone completely Hiberno English, and now I'm using Grand, which is it's okay. Ours. Everyone knows that. Manky yeah. and Poxy. Oh. So that's that's how far we've fallen. Pox, I have three bottle, lists: like. Grand, mm. Manky, or Poxy. Yeah. So uh, do we do we just shoot Joe Barry now and get it over with? When I say when I say shoot, I mean fire. Yeah. Why has it look, all gone wrong. No, but that's exactly what it is. Is that it's it's this whole thing of you know we've got one of the top pass uh, defenses, and then they talk about pressure rate we've the second breast pressure rate on defense uh, but then we're 17th in sacks and i think it doesn't take um a genius to analyze it and sort of say well yeah when you know once and i know rash and gary was injured um two games ago whatever but when you look at it we can get good pressure obviously because that's almost an individual performance when you sort of let the lads pin yeah. their ears back and go yeah. after it um well then yes you're gonna get that pressure uh however um it doesn't sort of lend itself to a defensive skill schematic system Daryl if you will so in a way it sort of it almost highlights Joe Barry's I'm not going to say ineptitude because let's slow it down no. let's calm yeah, yeah. down let's, let's calm the old waters right. here. Yeah. Um, because you can fall into that thing of everything's great on paper um, and the defence was great on paper but Daryl it is underperforming though right I mean you know, oh, yeah. it is a problem yeah no doubt it is a problem. no doubt now is it, is it a case that the guys are not well drilled they do not know what they're doing like what, what is it like because let's go back to that piece on paper and I know Matt had a piece a number of pieces uh, and he basically says that you know on paper and he makes the same point he goes when you write down the list of these kids they're talented kids some of them are fully grown men but they're talented Mm. so what's going on are they not drilled properly do they know what they're doing Is is the plan just crap you know what is it what is it yeah yeah, well, they're looking at it. I mean, you, but you can pick out individual performances, right? So th- there's a couple of things that have gone wrong. And that, again, I, this is why I was going to say it at the top of the dam. But the podcast everywhere, and I've been speaking to some other people about it, they go down when your team is starting to like um, suck like a vacuum. Um, so the, the, yeah, the listens go down a little bit because people just can't stand to hear oh, it. But, no one wants to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a more positive performance, but on the defensive woes, um, looking at that, like, that? like what? Cool, cool, 
Uh, if you look at um, Darnell Savage, Darrell, he's anything but Savage. Savage. It's Savage. Uh, he's missing tackles all over the place. Some real oh. brain fart stuff. There was a couple of times when I was watching the game back that I stopped it and rewound it and was like, who the hell is that? And yeah, it's Darnell Savage. Now, I know some of the lads he's looking to defend are a bit of a load, you know, be it running backs. And, you know, it's, it's more so when they sort of plug him into that sort of run stopping, uh, you know, bang him into the C gap. Uh, but there's a couple of times there where he's completely whiffed it. You know, this is a guy who's meant to get a reputation for being a hard-hitting, badass defensive player. And he's had some real flashes. He's folded guys in half like origami. However... Uh, we've seen cases where they, they ripped off like I think it was a 25 or 45 yard run and it, it was he had them at the line and then all of a sudden he whiffs the tackle falls over it's really it's almost like it's cartoonish really you know you'd yeah. expect him to have a few wagers on the game not and that's not no it didn't even go there uh, but it's that type of like oddity where you look at it and go that's that's Bruce Grobelar weird if oh, I may do you remember poor old Bruce, Bruce but Bruce Grubbler. liked an L bit of match fixing didn't he Good old Bruce. Loved a bit of match face. Loved a bit of it. That's in my manky manky column. Uh, Not Bruce. Bruce is never in the manky column because now it's funny. We can talk about it now. It's it's funny now to talk talk about about Bruce. Yeah, it hasn't devastated people's lives. But look at the tash. Look at the tash in the hair. Bruce Robillard, Daryl, is one of those guys who, like Tony Cascarino, um, Teddy Sheringham, he's one of these guys that just looked... 47 years of age when he was oh, no. at well, least yeah. 19 well, I think, and a half. I think Teddy Sherim, Sheringham probably was like 106 uh, when he came on and scored that beautiful goal in the uh, final. But uh, speaking of which, Steve Bruce, goalkeeper's uh, right. Steve Bruce. What, oh, good hell, Steve. Again, he was 107. He was a fellow <laughs> that used to put his teeth in before he went on. Dennis Irwin. Um, oh, I love Dennis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was I going to say about? Oh yeah, so I was talking about no goalkeeper jerseys, right? What happened? They used to be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you go back to like 1990 World Cup. 1998 even yeah. was it the Colombian goalkeeper back in the day and it was amazing it was like neon the guy with the triangles. scissor kick it was amazing you had a scissor mm. kick remember that madness yeah uh, yeah anyway bring back they probably goalkeeper jerseys that that's what we want yeah but you know what they probably realised dressing your goalkeeper like a traffic cone kind of makes him stand out in the goal so yeah, maybe just let him just blend a in a tad yeah. bit more uh, but yeah. yeah so look Darnell Savage was on your manky list Eric Stokes Darrell is not playing well Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell sometimes like you know and I heard the comm say like oh Douglas has been an inspiration he has but also you know so there's times yeah. where he's had brain <laughs> fart moments you know um, Jair Alexander Daryl is standout but they keep taking him off their number one wide receiver and banging him on someone else like what is it Daryl is this a strategy thing is it is it bad management you know is it I is it Mercedes' like, tyre uh, strategy I mean what are we talking about here I, I don't know just let, let's you can beep this out but it's a cluster <laughs> of things right and it's mm. just everything seems to be collapsing at the same time and when a team is low on confidence and everyone starts sniping at each other it doesn't go well like 16 missed tackles that's a new season high that's individual error that's in no way shape or form is that a systematic problem that's just players that's not Joe Barry their then. heads have dropped yeah no, they're in a position you know I mean? to like the, play their heads have them. dropped they've all gone mad Stefan Diggs had a field day with IT and they couldn't close him down as you say they kept moving Jair around the place uh, he wasn't able to focus on what he was doing like the likes of um, Dylan and Jonesy, they were great. But what mm-hmm. can they do? The two guys, the run games, not, nothing wrong there. But I just think it's everything is collapsing now. Because now we're four losses on the trot. I mean, that's the longest losing streak we've had since 2016. And what I will say, this is not a quick snaps, but what I will say is we have the best possible... I'm doing it. I'm still doing it in the background. We have the best possible opposition, or the worst. It depends on what way you look at it. Because this could be a manky banana skin, right? Because Lions are mm-hmm. licking their chops now going, these guys are on their ass. 
Yeah. Um, but like, like, I really prefer to have Lions next as opposed to the Cowboys followed by the Titans, then the Eagles. <laughs> you know, like oh, it's, it's, uh, brutal. it's a brutal it's a, run. It's a disgusting run. So maybe the Lions is something that I think what we need to shake off some of this is a win. Just a win of any shape yeah. or form. A win. One win. And I think these missed tackles will, will drop away. Maybe you'll have all these individual errors. I mean, Quay Walker, I kind of felt sorry for him. But a rush of blood to the head. You know, all these silly little mistakes that they're doing now. Mm. These, these will surely drop away when they're not so focused on themselves. Because in a weird way, they're not playing like a team anymore. They're playing like headless chickens. They're running around the place. And yes, you can blame Joe Barry's system for maybe why the defense has been so bad. Because up on paper, it's so good. You know, getting rid of Joe Barry, will it help? Not in the short term, because we need to fix no. this now. We need to stem the mm. bleeding. So a win of any hue against the Lions, I'll take it. Yeah, and it just proves it, though. And it is bizarre is that when you look at this team on paper, individually, it's made up of on defense, just this stellar talent, you yeah. know, high, high round talent. Uh, they got on very well in college. And then when you see this team not being able to play together, well, then it does come down to a coaching thing. But like you said, missed tackles. Joe Barry, he can't suit up uh, and get out there on the field with him. Now, he might have to linebacker if we keep getting injured. But, um, (laughs) you know, like there's no alternative there. Um, But, yeah, it's it's sort of just reeks of that. But then, you know, it's one of the... It was a weird game because we thought we would... Well, I hoped that it wouldn't be the case, that we get blown out. We didn't get blown out. And in fact... You know, there was two minutes left in the first half and it was 14-7 and we looked all in it. And then you look at decisions that are like, you know, Bobby Tunyon, uh, there's that contact there, the offensive and pass yeah. interference, you know, and then you look at it and you're like, well, it's, is it defensive? The two of them are jarring, just Bobby Tunyon tends to be a sort of a bigger, hairier man that puts the other guy in his ass. So then we get flagged for that. You get Quay Walker's thing um, and that gives up some points that I think they maybe got a field goal after that. But look at, um, the big mistake for the defence for me, Daryl, is exactly... Um, the fact that you know and it's very because the same happened with the Dom Capers era it turned into a complete we had one called Comedy Capers it was a little uh, drop that we used to drop I don't see it on the drop board here it's a drop too many times Um, and we used to play Comedy Capers because we, and then we'd sort of detail maybe 10 things that went wrong that had nothing to do with Capers whatsoever it was a missed tackle it was a bad assignment there wasn't enough people on the field and you know and there seemed to be a bit of an element of that to it as well. Um, because when you look at the way they scored, so um, the Packers just looked unprepared. The, they scored a touchdown on the first play in the second quarter. Um, so it looked like they had a bit of a break. They come back out and then they get completely gouged. And then oh. it goes to the two-minute warning. And as I said, it was 14-7. And then they score a touchdown straight after the two-minute warning as well. So it's like... You know, not only were we missing tackles all over the place, but the minute they had a pause to gather themselves and come back out again, they picked that offensive play that would completely, you know, gut us. And that's exactly what happened. We gave up 14 points um, out of a 27 scoreline to literally just quick plays after the half, Daryl. And that's just another example of where your heads aren't in it. So this is something that the Packers have been accused of doing before, is not being there for games, not showing up for games, um, you know, and this is it's just another example of it, really, where mm, yeah. even within games, and we've seen that, that the Packers lose a half here and there. Uh, but, you know, for the likes of the defense, Daryl, it's just come down to the fact now that, uh, you know, it's literally what they're it's like Aaron Rodgers just like surprise attack. All of a sudden, they pick the right play and they absolutely destroy us, um, which mm. is annoying. But what I would say is, Daryl, the positive to it is, as you said, the running game. 
Um, and does this not prove that Matt LaFleur should have been going this way all along? I mean, everyone was screaming for it, and it's like, whoa. Because the sort of comms like, oh, it's a good adjustment on the halfway point for LaFleur to really stick with the run. And you're like, well, what alternative does he have? Yeah. Where, well, you know, nothing else, nothing else is working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. Um, Most of them are lying down on the side. But, um, but what I'm, just moving to Rogers slightly, and I'm not going you know, not to criticise too much, but I'm starting to wonder, is he losing the... Um, dressing room slightly because a lot of his comments are about the system and the team he never once says actually some of that's my bad you know he, he I, you know in a way is he saying the right things i don't know you know if he's hitting the right note if there's going to grumbling now in the dressing room about you know listen rogers everything you throw isn't amazing you know everything mm. you do isn't amazing there's clearly a disconnect there he he's he's kind of and I, brady does this as well they kind of go, well, it's not me. I've prepared so well that everything I've done has been great. Um, it's everything else around me. You know, I think there needs to be more leaders standing up and not just saying that because the floor can do that a bit. It goes, this is on me. This is on me. There's only so much you can take on yourself. We've already discussed the tackles. We've discussed Quay Walker losing his head. There's a lot of individual decisions going on on the field which are going wrong. And I think that's partly the malaise of losing games. Because weirdly enough, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season Packers were going to lose 27-17 to the Bills, you'd go, that's 10 points. You'd go, you know what? We held the Bills quite a bit there. Um, you know, they, they could have run right, and they didn't. But what's mm. a killer is it's just systematic failures now week, on, week out. You know, losing to New York twice, I mean, once is bad enough, but come on. Yeah, and and as well as that, you know, it it can get really, really granular too. Um, and when you look at this game, like you said, if if you said that we were going to lose this game by that scoreline, you'd be like, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers really going down double digits. And then you know, because all they bang on about is the wide receiver stuff. But hmm. you can see that Buffalo were the number one defense coming into this, and then all of a sudden we what did we put up two hundred and plus yards on the ground you know and then there was that dodgy sort of horse collar tackle which i saw a video on twitter about some coach guy don't know whether it was a party count i don't think it was it was verified anyway talking about that you know that was just a bs tackle the way a man you know grabbed him by the now we did they didn't get called for it with aj dylan but he still sort of limped off the field but like it's just the way the game went the fact that like you know it it does come down to what aaron Rodgers was saying before where sometimes it's hitting on one or two plays that can really turn the um game on its head so when you look at it, we're 14-7 down. I know I've said this. Uh, they scored a touchdown in the first play in the second quarter. They scored a touchdown straight after the two-minute warning. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, on that sort of to end the half, uh, there was like 40 seconds left. And the Bills just decided to loft a massive one down to um, Stefan Diggs. And that really set up that score. And mm. of course you can do that if you're the Bills because you're airing it out first off. Uh, you know, the the Packers haven't really done a whole lot really on offense that you're scared of that they can get it done. Because I know all these memes are out the window now of, oh, you give Aaron Rodgers 10 seconds, all of a sudden he's got two touchdowns and a field goal. Like, you know, that's not going to be the case in this game. Buffalo trust their defense. So when you look at it as well, you know, had the game been tighter, had it been a different point in the game, you would imagine that the Bills would have been more conservative with it, sort of tried to dink and dunk down the field or whatever, or tried to run the ball. But look, there's 40 seconds left. You've got Stefan Diggs. Jair Alexander isn't on him. Um, you're Josh Allen. You're flying high. You're number one in pretty much every stat. You're breaking records for God's sake. 
Um, you know, so why not? Why not loft it down and take a shot? Yeah. And that's what they do, and they have the players to do it. So they did. So an awful lot of this scoreline, Daryl, as well for me, comes down to the fact that they took us by surprise. We missed a bunch of tackles and didn't cover ourselves in glory. And then also just the circumstance at the end of the second half, because you can see the difference. So what was the score at the end of the half? Twenty-one-seven, and then yeah. we held them yeah. to two field goals in the second half. So it just goes to show that you know it was a game of two halves a bit again. But what was interesting and what sort of hopefully will give some solace to Packer fans is that Aaron Jones played a blinder which we were all mm-hmm. screaming for AJ Dillon did the same but more so Daryl is the fact that every single loss that we've come up against usually this was the formula uh, we'd go down early uh, we'd go down by maybe two scores and then he would abandon the run completely and just try air it out all the time and then all of a sudden the morale would drop and we get spanked yep. so I think now with literally the lack of receivers Cobb was on IOR you know Watson got concussed and ended up leaving the field you know and look at Romeo Dobbs came down there and I'm sure he's in your uh, if you have a different list than Grand is in the amazing list the way he was able to contort yeah. himself and stuff and maybe yeah. you'll, you'll sort of wax on about how the wide receivers actually did get on but you know, they didn't have a lot of options there, so they had to run it. And because he didn't abandon the run, Darrell, there was a time where we, we were on third and 16 and they chose a run play to try to get those chunk yardage back, which is just indicative of the way it went. And look, if we keep doing that, Darrell, so now LaFleur knows, oh, when I am down by two scores, running the ball isn't such a bad idea. Um, Again, and not to be patronising, look, these guys know way more than we do, but I guess sometimes, what do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention, so when you have yeah. no other way to get around it than to do it, well, then it worked out. Yeah, and I and just to add to that as well, what, and this is where I think we're going to beat the Lions next week, and the turning point won't be beating the Lions. The turning point will actually be looking at the tape in this game because, as you've just said, you've hit the nail on the head a couple of places there. There was actually a good bit to take solace from. The missed tackles, all that sloppiness was just annoying. But actually, the tactics they used in this game, I think, will dictate now how the plays are going to be done going forward. This is probably not a game that we were ever likely to win unless we were going to be flying high coming through the last four games, but we aren't. We're on our ass. So actually, I would say the tape from this game will give them a lot of solace. And actually, I think the turning point came this game. Uh, And I think that's where we're going to turn it around. I think we're going to have the Lions. I'd like to see them do a good number on the Lions, but they've got to cut out all these individual errors. They can't have these brain fart moments. They need to tighten up. Now, I'm hoping that that's the kind of motivation they're going to get when they are looking at the tape. We're not going to be looking at the missed tackles. They all know what they did. But there, there is other more interesting things to look at to see how they managed when they were down up against it. And let's face it, the Bills were flying high. They were a team in confidence. They're on the up. We're not. So, you know, those sort of things of they could do these plays that we wouldn't think about doing because we know, firstly, we don't have the personnel to do it because they're all mm. wrecked or yeah. we don't have the confidence to do it. They had both. Yeah, and Daryl, look, even within that game, so in the second half, uh, we're running it really, really well. And then all of a sudden, Dylan gets pulled down by the, the collar. And then Deguara gets absolutely drilled on the next play, and he's tapping his helmet that he wants to come off. So we had like two plays in a row where both of those players got banged up and had to come off the field. And it's very easy to miss the personnel that are on the field. And again, not that it's in any way, you know, because we can always lose the run of ourselves and sort of extrapolate off into the future and all that kind of stuff. But Romeo Dubs' catch style was incredible. Mm. Also, oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. But look, it was one of the rare ones as well this season, really, that Aaron Rodgers has... Um, you know, throwing a pass that has been accurate where it needs to be and his young receiver has been on the same page. And also Samori Torre, Daryl. Um, mm. I don't think enough can be said about the fact that Torre saw the play break down and found space. And that's exactly what they haven't been doing up to this point. And there was a news report that came out during the week 
and it was said in sort of a flipping tone. I don't know who it was. And they were sort of like, oh, you know, the Packers are doing the scramble drill or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're trying to uh, practice off-time plays. You know, as if to say like, oh, you know, they've even resorted to, you know, hair on fire stuff. But, Daryl, that's exactly what they needed yeah, to practice. That's exactly because, what they needed to do, yeah. Because, look, he's behind an O-line, Daryl, that can't keep him upright. And we don't have, you know, the, the fast sort of dink and dunk stuff isn't working. The O-line seems pretty good at breaking open running lanes because Aaron uh, Jones had some serious running lanes to run through in that game. Mm. But it doesn't yeah. seem to be capable of about keeping them. Like Zach Tom, they only mentioned them in the game there, didn't they? They were like, oh, Zach Tom, and he played a great game. Then all of a sudden, he was like a turnstile, you know? And look, again, not dogging Zach Tom, but he was he was dominated all game, Daryl. But that comes down to the fantastic uh, Bills defense and all that kind of stuff. But it was just promising, and it's a very small bud of promise that Samori yeah. Torre had one reception on four targets and a touchdown, and that touchdown was on a broken play that he seemed clever enough to be able to get himself space in the end zone to receive and also catch it. <laughs> so you know, yeah, Randall well, Cobb yeah, talks about just it. That, it? Just that little, that little thing, you know, the that end. small thing. But look, Randall Cobb spoke about it when the, that, that that famous dagger play for the Bears. He always and this guy has hands of steel and like a vice, and he pulls them in. And even he was saying on that fourth down play when he saw the ball coming, he was freaking out like, "Don't drop it!" So you know, it is part of the game, and the fact that Samori Torre caught the ball. Um, at a crucial moment was great and then as well as that the last thing I'll say and then I'll, I'll cut you loose but uh, is the Bobby Tonyan the fact that he came in with the touchdown and then everyone was cursing and blinding about how that shouldn't have been written off again there are maybe another momentum shift had the Packers yep. got that instead of the three points in this game would have been even closer but as you say Buffalo Bills flying high at home breaking all the records on defence and offence yep. It's not bad. You yeah, know? the rub's going to be a handful. No, it wasn't bad. And I mean, I was sick of, you know, you're just sort of sick of losing. But when you look at the opposition you're playing, these aren't chumps. Uh, we're going to come out second best all over the park. Momentum is a big thing and momentum is not with us. But what is, I mean, and again, it, it's small, it's small solace, but we're taking it. Romeo Dub's coming back after an absolute nightmare. Yeah. When people were basically telling them, listen, mate, you're done. You know, go, go home. Let the big boys play. For him to be able to put in that individual performance was definitely something um, worth watching and that all the heads haven't dropped. Because I'm looking for an indication that this is now broken. It's almost like the Man United dressing room, you know, two seasons ago. You know, is it broken beyond repair? You know, in other words, can the coaching staff dig their way out of this one? And I think they can. I think they can because I think everyone, none of these players want to play badly. Mm. Um, and I think that's always the case. But I think if you lose a dressing room, they go, well, if we, you know, if, if this continues, we can't go on like this. We need to change. I don't think we're there yet. Th their panic stations haven't been hit. Uh, it's just a case, I think, momentum needs to shift. We need that win. We have to get a win under our belt. And I think you'll start seeing the momentum shift. And these key things, because let's face it, their teams can be lucky. And teams could be unlucky. And you can't write off, there's no scientific basis for it, but you can't write off luck. You can't write off luck in a lucky manager. You can't write it off in a team. And invariably, even in rugby especially, you know, that ball can bounce anywhere. But weirdly enough, it's the attacking team that always seems to get the bounce of the ball. You know, if the tails are up and they're, they're willing to play for it, you'll find more often than not that the opportunities will come to the team that are on the up. Yeah, I mean, you just, and exactly to your point there, you just need to look at the team stats in this game to see just how weird it was. So we had one more first down than they did. We had 21, they had 20. We had the identical amount of passing first downs. Uh, we had 12 rushing first downs. They only had nine. Um, you know, when you look at the time of possession, we had nearly 34 minutes, 33 minutes and 48 seconds. They had 26 minutes. Um, so you know, when you, look, when you look at stuff like that, I mean, total yards, we had 398. They had 369. 
so we had more. We'd only one less drive than they did. But again, you know, it all comes down to yards per pass. We had 5.988. You know, and as well as that, penalties, Daryl, again, is coming back to bite us. And I know we've mentioned Quay Walker and then he got ejected. But we had eight penalties for 58 yards. They had four for 35. So again, you know, you're giving up stuff like that. It's just not going to work for you. And again... You know, it, it it's really tale of the tape, isn't it, really? You know, you can look at the stats and the fact that we pretty much dominated in most categories apart from maybe interceptions or whatever. Um, but, you know, when you look at the defensive pressure that they got, because even then there, look, our O-line is really, really questionable. Um, and again, that's probably on your poxy list. Then you look at the Bills and they have the number one uh, defense for pressure without blitzing. And that, that's been a problem for the Packers all season anyway, where they don't have to rush many men to get that pressure on Rodgers to have them scrambling about. And then we don't have the experience of wide receiver to bring it down. So, yeah, as you said, like sometimes with these teams, you just look at it. The caliber difference was unbelievable. But oh, yeah. you can't pass up the fact that, A, we held them to, you know, three points or whatever it was in the second half whereas we got 10 so we outscored them in the second half you know we got more yards you know got more uh, time of possession all this type of stuff um you know we did do some good things and we didn't get absolutely blasted out of it but again you look at the fact that we got caught after the breaks of you know coming into the second quarter on the two minute drill the fact that there was only 40 seconds left and they're lofting the ball down the field and your man comes in because I, I think it was Rasul Douglas that got both hands up mm, yeah, yeah. and he almost swatted down that ball but like you said I mean any other day maybe that hits off a hand and you know if someone comes down you never know but look 27-17 it's not as bad as the scoreline kind of made it out to be and it's good to see a bit of positivity on Twitter again isn't it really because we put out that question from the group account and people didn't seem too bummed out no well you know what I don't mind losing to the better team if they're the better team what I hate losing to is teams that aren't good and we're not playing well like that was a respectable scoreline you know we actually stood up and, and fought we're, le- we're a leaky ship we're leaking all over the place you've got to protect your quarterback you've got to have a defence you've got to have an offence you know we're, but so it's all these things where we're leaky but at least we fronted up and fought when we needed to and keeping a team like the Bills down like we did you could take solace out of that but I think we've turned a corner in this game and I think we're definitely going to see improvement. Uh, but it's, you know, people are saying the season's gone already. I don't know if that's the case at all. I mean, but it's yeah. definitely not good. We need no. to turn it around. And this is the perfect game to turn it around coming up. Yeah, and I know people are putting jokes that they're like, you know, the Packers have been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, when you look <laughs> at the Vikings still flying high, um, yeah. and credit to them. And then, of course, I think it was Matt Schneidman actually raised the point that the Vikings have only beaten one team with a winning record, and that was the Dolphins when they had their third-string quarterback in. So again, the jury's out as to actually how yeah, good yeah, the Vikings how good are. they actually are. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know you know what it's like. But this thing, like I said it, and I've... I still sort of stand by it that that Washington game was a must-win game because of this yeah. Bills game was sort of going to be chalked up to a loss, particularly after you lose to Washington, what chance do you have against the Bills? And Daryl, they lost that game, and you've said it now already in this podcast, and again, agree, the Lions game, it's a must-win. You cannot lose that game because no. the Cowboys hung nearly a 50-burger the weekend, Daryl, and, and that's Mike McCarthy is coming into Lambeau, and I know we'd love to believe that Lambeau is some fortress, and the painful part as well is, is that this is the year we're going over for a doubleheader uh, with the Cowboys and the Titans, Daryl, and they're two games with a w- winning record, um, some really key strengths in the places we have weaknesses as well. So the Lions, Daryl, is w- kind of one little bright spot potentially to get a win, but it's away from home, and it's the Lions, and they play tough. So I don't think this is going to be an easy game either. It God never no. is. It never is. And we say it every year. We always say the Lions, like yeah. people go, yeah, it's, it's a win. But you're going, yeah, but it's, it, it can be tight. And these guys are going to love this. They're going to go, the Packers are useless. Let's hammer them. 
who do these guys think they are? Um, so it can be, and we'll, we'll cover that in more detail uh, later in the week. But you're right, it is a bright spot. But, you know, my concern is win against the Lions, we have belief going into the Cowboys and the Titans. And even if you lose them, at least, you know, if you're going to lose, you front up, you play your best. If you can honestly say, you know what, we did our best. You lose to the Lions, the 50 burgers on the horizon with the Cowboys because they're not going to respect us at all. They're going to go, well, these guys are chumps. They're on their way down. Let's just hammer them. Yeah, and McCarthy coming back into Lambeau the way he left and the fact that he must yep. be licking his chops because Rodgers was putting in similar performances for him when he got the boot and then Rodgers came out after, the, actually, funnily enough, a Buffalo game and absolutely trounced McCarthy's game plan, kind of like he's been accused of doing against LaFleur, saying, oh, if people aren't playing well, I don't know why they're getting refs, blah, 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 and I know I sort of broke that down on the last podcast or whatever. Um, you know, so it's sort of similar-ish circumstances where the team looks very, very shaky and it just takes, as Roger says, someone breaking rank to say, you know, like you say, if, you know, and look, we said at the last couple of seasons that they really believe in what the floor is doing. And again, people might have thought that that was sort of wishy-washy talk, but you can see the impact of it there when they're not behind it or because the thing is, it's like anybody, can, it's very easy to win and not it's very easy to get a win, but it's very easy to sort of, you know, hold your head up high and talk trash and, you know, all that kind of stuff when stuff's going your way. But it's how people band together when stuff goes absolutely tits up. Yes. And I mean, in a way that you look at it and go, life just isn't fair, not kind of like, oh, I spilled my coffee, you know, and you can sort of get all stoic with it and go, oh, well, I'll just clean it up and move on with my day. When it looks like there's a domino effect and you're trying to dig yourself out of that hole, um, it's very, very difficult. But what I can imagine happening is, is that they win against the Lions and they do it uh, by hopefully changing their gameplay in the sense of, you know, run heavy and then ripping off a few big passes, get the young lads uh, sort of, you know, put them on notice to say, we're going to rip off maybe two big plays here or based off the, the play action. So be ready and don't yep. F it up. And if they don't, well, then happy days. And I can imagine, Daryl, if they were to win the game against the Cowboys, which is a massive, massive tall order. But if they could win the game, be happy because we're there. But also, that'd be the time where they start doing this stuff of, you know, people counted us out, the season looked over, the yep. Vikings maybe pick up a loss, Daryl. And then that starts to build and push the momentum through the building. But they need something like that. Otherwise, it really is yeah. rudderless, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it, But I think it's it, you've hit the nail on the head there, what I was going to say, is that if we see their game plan change for the Lions, we'll know that they've learned something for this. Let, let's not be... Let, the, let this not be a wasted opportunity. All this string of losses... You know, people always say, yeah, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes, all that. We'll take that then. But let's show we've learned lessons and that we are adaptable as an organization and then the floor can cut his cloth accordingly. And if the game plan changes against the Lions and it works, mm. we've, we've seen then that maybe they've learned something. And this could be, as you say, a turning point in the whole season. Because any win of any hue against the Lions would maybe a different game plan to show can be done. And then pick up a win of either the Cowboys or the Titans. Now I know we're talking about this stuff like it's it's possible. Maybe maybe we're just maybe we're not going to win any of these things. But to me that would be interesting. You know, get the Lions, get one in the next two, and all of a sudden, and as you say, then the Vikes drop a game. Our season looks completely different. Yeah, and so we got to learn something from this. And we're only one game behind San Fran when it comes to the seventh seed or whatever. So to get in on the yeah. wildcard spot. Yeah. So we're actually not that far off as, as we think we are. But what I hope the no. message is, and I, I guess I'll end my analysis here and then throw it to you if you've anything else sort of uh, governing this. But hopefully the message is that, look, 16 missed tackles. Had the lads shored up at certain points in this game and the fact that we only held them to three points in the second half, you know, and had we been alert for the first half and after some of those sort of pauses in the game, 
I think that you can legitimately look on tape and say we could have brought this game closer. We were yes. sort of a couple of missed tackles, Daryl, and a bit of morale away, I think, from, you know, because imagine we came into this game flying high. This would be a game you're like, yeah, we're going to go to Buffalo and we're going to suck it to them, you know? Well, we, could, we could have done it. We actually could yeah. have done it. Based on that, you wipe out those mistakes. This game is very close. Now, all of a sudden, Bills aren't confident anymore. They're not throwing those balls. They're not airing them out anymore. Now it's a different game. Now anything could happen. So annoyingly, this was kind of, it felt like in the, at this point of the season, this was the game that got away. Had we had our heads screwed on individually and had the confidence and had the morale, this is a game we could have actually won. And I would take that, I would use that kernel and plant that seed in the team for the rest of the week and say, considering you all played horribly, if this was slightly different, we could have won this game. And so yeah. you've got to take solace from that. And I know it sounds crazy, Daryl, but when you look at it, they were off a bye, they were healthy and fresh, they looked dangerous throughout the whole game, I won't lie, but yeah. let's just have a look really, really quickly then at the rushing. Uh, Singletary had a long of 30, Allen had a long of 20, James Cook had a long of 17, you're talking 67 yards off three plays, yeah. which is yeah. incredible to say that, what, what was their, what were they, what did they get, 368 or whatever it was? Yeah. So I mean, you're, you're talking silly, about yeah. a massive chuck, what's that, one sixth of their whole plays came off three and they were rushing, yeah. you know, and you stop one of those and, and each one of those runs just stood out to me. But when you look at that, Daryl, um, you know, you're kind of thinking, and then Stefan Diggs, you know, a long of 53. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, James Cook, a long of 41 receiving. Gabe Davis, a long of 29. It seemed like sort of chunk yardage at the really inopportune time. Shore up some of those, shore up some of the missed tackles, and this game is an awful lot closer. And again, this is the whole thing where you could kickstart to like, oh, we're not as bad as we think we are. But look, maybe we needed another kicking for them to realise, you know, this, Joe Barry obviously isn't putting them in a position to win schematically probably because we get gouged up the middle. However, um, if you're in a position to make a play, stop missing tackles. You know, shore up, work on your technique um, and again, work on some more of those fire drills as well because they really helped with Sam Ortori. But anyway, any other takeaways there from this game or will we close the book on it and hopefully move on then to quick snaps with the live? I'd say close the book, let's look forward to it. In a weird way, when I was watching it live, I I didn't feel much hope. It's only when I watched it afterwards and started looking at the stats and sort of mm. looked at, you know, in closer detail at some of the plays, I took more solace out of it. And I think everyone should do the same thing. There's something to learn from this. It's not great to get your ass handed to you every week, but this was, there was chinks of light here for me. Places I didn't see. I saw improvement in places where there wasn't any before. So I'm hoping they just take that, build on it, use this and say, this is the one that got away. If our heads were screwed on, we would We'd have given them a good game. So I'm hoping they take that to the Lions and let's just get a win, turn the corner. Yeah, true too. Do you know what? It was actually better. On, and when you look at the box scores, you're like, on, yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? It actually of, looks more evenly matched yeah. than, it, than I thought it was. Wasn't yeah. it? A, it was a feeling because, and I think other people yeah. experienced it too. I think anybody who sort of watched the highlights were like, oh yeah, it was a crap game. There's no positives. But anybody who you saw them sort of watch the whole game in the morning or stayed up last night or whatever, uh, when they looked at it, they were like, yeah, you know what? It didn't look that bad. And when you see Aaron Jones rip off a couple of runs, when you see AJ Dillon punishing people as well, and then you see those individual plays because both touchdowns there were quite sexy when it comes to Summer Tory yeah, and uh, yeah, Romeo Dubs yeah. is just a, a sensational catch and uh, when you look at stuff like that then you're like do you know what it's hard to shake that sort of happy feeling uh, when it comes to plays like that and all even though you know yeah. that they could be short lived but then as you say you go back and look at it for the second time you go do you know what like they we really gave up some really inopportune uh it, it, what stood out to me like a sore thumb on second view was literally that it was the second 
quarter, the fact that they scored straight away and we looked like we were sleeping on the first play and then when we came back after the two-minute warning as well, it just looked like, again, we were dozing um, and we weren't focused. Um, and that's something that yeah. hopefully... Well, the other way to look at it as well is look at the Bills fans. They weren't overly impressed with their team. So you've got to think, you know, the Bills were, they were happy that they won that game. Um, because you know, it, for them, I think they felt it was closer than it actually was as well. Considering their fans were complaining about the second half, going, "Where were you? All fell asleep. What was going on?" You know, so you've got to take some solace out of that as well, because we we tend to focus purely on ourselves, and and we tend to get into a death spiral with the old depression when we keep losing all the time, and even fans are all sniping at each other and all this sort of stuff. But you've got to look at the other side as well. You know, we're not the defunct group that we think we are when you look at the likes of the Bills weren't thinking this is a home game for them. You know, this kind of thing. They were yeah. going, we want, we want to, we want to trounce them. They didn't. Super Bowl favourites there. High octane offence. Yeah. High octane defence. They're yeah. number one in pretty much every Heavy category. metal. Heavy metal. metal football. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, look, it's all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Look, move yeah. on. Anyway, we're closing the book. Yeah, this is go. us closing the book. That's, that's the, right there. That's the book. Yeah, it's closed now. That's it. We're going to burn it then. Uh, so, onto the lines. Anyway, look, uh, if you're going to be listening to this podcast tonight, uh, you only have a couple of hours to get into the Raz, And I've got the March unboxing video as well on YouTube. You can go and check it out. They're all the items that I'm literally giving away. I wept there when I took out the Clay Matthews helmet. I just, you know, oh, when you so see delicious. Another, see another man's camo helmet there. Let's just... just yeah. When another man shows... Could you see it though? Oh yeah. It's very big. Um, so we've got another one. We've got Donald Driver. He's big, big shiny glittery helmet. Uh, Donald has. Nice. Um, and then we've little nice. helmets fair as enough. Well to give away. We're we talking about the little helmets. Not many of them. Little helmets, yeah. They're not all big. Some of them are small. But look, we love them all <laughs> equally. So there it is. Um, well, don't even know where we are anymore. Who we are? Uh, I've been at Steedy the NFL. You can find me on Twitter. I'll probably delete my account soon. Uh, Daryl at J O'Brien, and of course at UK Packers. And look, despite all the losing, Daryl, it's a big go pack go. Go pack go.